No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house, and are we busy? It is that season, guys, when all of us get to go file our tax returns. Forms are coming in. I know more and more people have now received their unemployment form. I just want to make that a reminder that 1099Gs are responsible to be filed on your tax return. You're also going to be reporting, if you're filling out your own tax return, you will be asked, have you received both stimulus? I have a lot of people that say, well, I received one of them in 2021. It doesn't make a difference. They are reconciling the one you received in 2020 as well as the one you received in 2021. Both of them are being reconciled on this tax return. So it's not taxable income. I want to reiterate that because a lot of times people think it's taxable or not. It is not taxable income. But if you have not received it, you will be able to get it as a refund on your tax return or help pay for taxes due, whatever it may be, as far as the situation is on that. So you do want to make sure that you're filling that out. Also, a lot of times people have the last couple of years because of the tax change, we all know that uh, charitable contributions in 2020 on this tax return, I don't know if it's going to extend past this year, but they're asking us if you gave uh, $3,000 to charity in the year of 2020 uh, above the standard deduction. So if you did, and make sure you have receipts. I know a lot of people just love to throw a number in there, but you never know if you're going to be asked for this. But when it comes down to it, I have a um, great clients and, you know, maybe you only gave a hundred, maybe you gave 200, whatever it is you gave, remember, fill in the charity section because that's going to roll over onto um, a separate deduction onto your 1040. So you want to make sure you have that information. It's an additional deduction. So, um, again, it's not a credit, it's a deduction, but it is going to help no matter what. It's always nice to get a few more dollars in our pockets. Um, so, and then this year, you know, big decisions about college kids, who's claiming them, all that. Um, I will say if you have a college kid, don't just file it before you figure out who's going to claim them legitimately. Some of these kids, um, have worked and taken care of, but they're not maybe supporting themselves over the 50%, but you need to figure if they're going to be a better deduction, what's going to happen um, on that. So make sure you talk to your tax person when you're figuring your taxes, or if you're doing your own file, your kids and yours all together, um, and make sure you're making the right decisions when it comes to your college kids. Cause I mean, a college credit could be 2,500, but some parents make too much money or don't have the benefit or they didn't pay enough. Maybe the kids are on a full ride and maybe they're working uh, a job on the side. So they're making, you know, 15, 16,000 a year. So they really are able to support themselves, even if it's not necessarily in the same um, lifestyle that they're living, uh, according to the IRS. So just put some thought to that. Make sure you have, you have yourself and your kids all in the best place. If you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Taking your calls. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation, which basically means I deal with taxes all the time, guys. If you have gotten love letters from the IRS and saying, I don't know what to do about it. And I will say, be a little patient 
We've had um, quite a few cases where we sent information last year to deal with an IRS issue. We mailed it in and we're getting letters as if that was never, ever received. Uh, so just be be careful. Uh, if you get a second letter, I am a firm believer there's nothing wrong with recertifying another letter to them. I think a lot of our mail got lost in the close down or maybe just got piled up someplace. I don't really know, but it didn't seem like it got the answers we needed, especially with amended tax returns. Uh, I don't, they just didn't seem to get processed. So we need to figure out what to do and how to do that. And uh, so my suggestion is just recertify them the answer if you've already done it once. And uh, I have found that that works really well for us. All right, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. We got Debbie on line one or actually line three. What can I do for you, Deb? Hey, um, I only made 7800 last year in W-2 income. Uh, would I need to go ahead and file tax returns this year for any future stimulus payments? Have you gotten the past stimulus checks? Yes. Okay. Um, they're, they're really, I mean, I, I haven't read anything that says you have to file 2020 to qualify for any current, you know, coming up. We all know in March the... They're talking about giving another one. To my knowledge, you don't have to have 2020. You didn't make enough money. The only reason I would file it, you could go to a free site, file it, and if there's anything in box two, you would get it as a refund. I just don't like to leave any money. I doubt there's a lot in there, but you know there could be a few dollars. And if it's a free tax return, it's just a few minutes of your time to get that money back. If there's nothing in box two, there's nothing that mandates you to file it, Deb. Gotcha. All right. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. All right. That's a, and that's a great question uh, she's she's asking or, or whatever, because a lot of times people are like, do I really need to file? Especially older people. Sometimes I have people that come in and, and when I do their taxes, many times I've told them, you don't need to file. You know, you, you, you don't need to pay me. You don't need to file tax returns. Um, and like I was asking her, unless somehow she got missed in the system, there are, um, I've, I've been dealing with some people that are, that are homeless and they've been missed in the system because they're not receiving any benefits from the government as well as they are not, um, dealing with anything else as far as the, well, you know, I mean, they're not getting checks, they're not getting anything, and they're not getting the stimulus checks. So helping them try to get that resolved is the best way to do it or the easiest way to do it. Otherwise, you, you know, you, you, need, you need to not worry about filing taxes. As long as you're in compliance, no one says you have to file a tax return unless you've made money. Most of us don't have a choice. How do we pay our rent or cars or anything else um, if we didn't make money. And that's always a common sense question. I know a lot of times people will come in and say, I didn't make any money. I didn't, there's no way I pay, I have to pay all these taxes or whatever. But then you sit down and you really start looking at how their lifestyle is. Did you pay rent? Do you have a car payment? You know, do you, do you eat? You know, these are, these are essentials that most people have to usually say, yes, they don't even not have a car payment, but they usually have a roof over their head. They have to pay some rent. There's food that's going in their belly. There's clothes on them. And no matter how frugal you are, there is usually some. And if you're self-employed, every dollar we make is subjected to self-employment tax as well as ordinary income tax. So that can add up really, really quickly, especially after you've uh, extended past whatever your standard deduction might be. So if you're single, $12,400, anything above that, and you still have self-employment tax below that. So it's important to make sure, in my opinion, anybody that's self-employed, every dollar we make, you need to have a separate bank account, and you just put 20% 
if, I mean, depending, you know, if you're in most businesses, your profit margin is at least 20%. Um, and you set that aside every time you take a checkout, you know, I mean, my real estate people, I have them take it out of the gross. Well, there's not that many deductions unless you have, um, some extra, um, you know, like you have a staff of people under you, then that's a whole different situation. But if you're not doing it, if you, if you're just doing your own real estate sales, you really still have plenty of uh, profits and therefore have to deal with that situation. All right, let's see what Russell has to say, boss. What we got? Number five. Oops, I can't. Yeah, there we go. Hey, Russell, what do you got? Yes, um, I, I had a question about the whole um, uh, Obamacare, Affordable Care Act. Um, what I had done was the previous year I had told them that I had, was probably going to make a certain amount of money and right. then uh, COVID hit and I ended up getting like blue coups of extra overtime at work and I just was just flooded with work and my boss needed me so he kept giving me raise after raise. At the end of the year, I made quite a bit more than I than I projected I made. And so when mm -hmm. I went to go do my taxes, it's saying mm -hmm. that I have to pay back every bit of that money that they gave me for right. the insurance. That, uh, right. Which is like over $5,000. So is there any way out of that? Or do I, I just have to pay it, even though I never used well, my insurance all year? Well, but you, I mean, not most people, I mean, in all, yes. The answer, the basic answer, Russell, is yes. And I know how frustrating this is. And that's why I always try to tell people, get out of the marketplace, go get a health savings account, find another source of, of health insurance because the marketplace does it based on income. Most people don't have health insurance. I mean, we don't, you're busy trying to live and make money and do things. You forget that you told somebody you were only going to make five or $10,000 or whatever, you know, and then you made two times or three times that amount. Great. That's usually a wonderful thing, but the healthcare, because you were only paying 20 bucks a month or something for healthcare, you ended up getting this advantage that, if you had paid it over 12 months, wouldn't this seem like such a huge difference than, than where you're at right now. But there is, I mean, the good news is they can't charge you any penalty on it. The, the, uh, on most of that, but the bad news is they, I mean, they, they can charge you interest and in, you know, all that for, for not having it. Yeah. Russell, I have people at last person I did just recently, they owed $21,000. There was a family of four that was on it. And, you know, in all honesty, just like yourself, they just forgot, you know, in a sense, they were just so busy trying to make a living and then did a good job of it and forgot that they were only paying $300 for a family of four and ended up having to pay all of that or going to have to make a payment plan to pay that back. But there's nothing so you can do. The IRS does do a payment plan. They'll work with me. I don't have to pay all that all at once. Yes. If you make a regular payment plan with the IRS, it will go for that. Yes, sir. You can make one of those and they'll give you 72 months to pay it. They will charge you penalties and interest, but you do, I mean, you can make a payment plan so they're not going to be bugging you every month trying to do levies and seizures. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your info. No problem. Sorry, buddy. Thank you. No problem. All right. If you have a call, you can join the show at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls. I mean, many of you guys probably have heard that they have opened up um, some more PPP money. Um, really, basically, for individuals that, are, um, ha that haven't gotten PPP1, maybe because of different reasons you were rejected, and or um, 
that you you didn't get the first PPP. Maybe you didn't know. I have a lot of people. Um, I've got two or three I'm working on today, three actually, um, and all three of them were just sole proprietors, did not realize that they qualified for the PPP and that they, and you know, and their businesses are still in business and they're still working. So if you haven't filed for the PPP, it has opened and all PPPs are going to be at the end of, thir- uh, of March 31st. They're going to be closed again. So if you've had... PPP one was basically just based on payroll or profits of your schedule C in most cases, uh, PPP two, you have to have that plus a 25% loss on one of your quarters. Initially, I belo- I thought it was going to be quarter for quarter, meaning I could take first quarter of 2019 and third quarter of 2020. What I have found out, at least in my experience of dealing with them, it's like quarter. So if, if you, most people are using first quarter of 29 or first or second quarter of 2019 and first or second quarter of 2020, the same quarter, either way to be able to show that you had that loss. So it's really important that you have that. All right, why don't we take a quick break and I'll let you get to those phone calls and that way we don't put you down too much Bernard. Uh, This is the Dr. Friday Show and we'll be right back. We are back here live in studio. All you have to do is pick up the phone if you want to join us around here. It's 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. All right, Lavius, let's go to line one with Lisa, please. Hey, Lisa, what's happening? Hey, I just wanted to know my 17, my son who was 17 in 2020 works a small job after work, after school, and he has around $4,000 that he got on his W-2, and they only took out $39 in federal income tax for last year. Is he required to file that? And if he does, how does that affect me claiming him as a dependent and claiming him as well? Well, he can file and there's a box. I would say there's nothing wrong with, I hate leaving any money on the table. It will have no effect to you. Go online to irs.gov and click on one of those apps that say free tax prep. Maybe mm-hmm. stay with him, but there's a there's going to be a question, Lisa, that says, can someone claim you as a dependent? He wants to make sure he says yes to that. He'll still get his $39 back or whatever, um, and that way, you know, he can learn how to do his first tax per return. Always fun in my household. But anyways, uh, anyways, <laughs> he does not have to, but if you want, you can do a free one as long as he clicks that button that says he is someone else's dependent. Okay, great. All right. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it. Let's go to line three to David. Hey, David. Great, great, great. Hey, I wanted to call in about dependents. Same thing. I've got a 26-year-old, and last year was the first time out of college, and I I did not claim her as a dependent because she had a full-time job. Well, she got laid off for COVID, and she worked a couple of part-time jobs, and she did get unemployment through all of that. But can I, because I'm contributing, I'm paying her health insurance, she's still living at home, do I get to claim her again because I'm paying more than 50% of her room and board? I guess it would come down to how much money did she earn? Well, I don't know that exactly yet, right. but I know it's, but you know. Keep in mind, no there's also stimulus money out there. She would be entitled... 
she would be entitled to $1,800 stimulus plus the next stimulus check that's coming down, which is most likely another $1,400. You're only going to get $500. So the, the advantage of claiming her and her claiming herself doesn't seem to me to be a very good deal. Be better to okay. charge her rent and have her pay you some money versus claiming okay. her as a dependent at All 26. Right. And, let, and that way she's not going to get any of the stimulus. Uh, yeah, she got the 600 already, and uh, this last one. Uh, but then there's the 1400 one still to come. Right, and if you claim her, she won't get that. Okay, so that makes that makes sense then. But uh, other than that, I bet, I bet she didn't make eight thousand dollars even with unemployment. Well, that you know you can determine. I'm not saying you don't have the right to claim her. I'm just saying you might want to think yeah. about it. <laughs> but for a dependent, it's only $500? Correct. Okay. That's what I needed to know. I, I didn't know if it was like the 2600 or whatever it was it used to be for a dependent. No, yeah. Never shoot, no, each uh, a, any child that's 17 or older is $500 unless they're in college, and then there's some college credit for us. But yeah, otherwise, no, she's you know. she's out of college already. But thank right. you so much, Dr. Friday. No problem. Thanks, sweetheart. Bye-bye. Got all choked up there for him. Okay, guys, if you want to join the show, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, talking about my favorite subject, taxes. You really can't go wrong when you're talking taxes as far as I'm concerned. And it's time for you guys to be thinking about filing taxes, you know, I mean, or, and keep in mind, there's only about 15 days before business returns are due probably hear me hitting buttons in the background, but, but 15 days and we have to have all of our corporations, partnerships, um, LLCs, um, trust in some cases, all of them are due or an extension. So maybe right now, if you're not sure you're going to be able to get that finished because maybe you're waiting for other documents, other LLCs would have to be completed before you can finish your partnership or LLC, or you're waiting for stock portfolios, whatever it might be, file an extension. Those fees and fines are ridiculous. Even for being one month late can add up to a small fortune if they're not filed. So I just want to make sure, again, that everything is filed and you don't have any problems with dealing with filing those returns because that is going to be a big situation. You don't want to pay penalties to the government. It's no fun, not a good plan, not a good situation at all. If you got questions, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. Before the last break, I was talking a little bit about um, the PPP money. I do want to keep in mind that there is still PPP open for any individual that um, was in business in 2019 and then obviously into 2020. And, and you still have to be in business to get PPP money. There's also some regulations about if you got um, EIDL money or if you actually got an SBA loan, keep in mind those funds are supposed to be used for very specific things. Um, I was on a, a webinar uh, the other day and listening to, you know, just making sure people are following the rules as far as where the money's supposed to be used, what it's supposed to be used for. And then I think in the next couple months, you have to start making payments if you have an SBA loan. So all those things are very important. You don't want to get uh, into this and, and then have situations you want to be able to move forward and build your business back to what you had before. So if you haven't applied for those or if you're really in a hardship situation, there are some other things with the state 
Um, and you want to make sure you've taken account. Now, if you did get any money from the state of Tennessee, you also probably received a 1099 uh, for that grant, and that is taxable income. So for any individual that's preparing their own tax returns, make sure you're not forgetting or leaving off some of the moving parts that we had this year. It's a little bit of a crazy year with having PPP money in, and then is it been forgiven, and where all that's going to track through our system, as well as SBA loans, which we'll be tracking and then getting interest statements on those. Um, and then obviously many people, maybe their credit card debts and things have increased to try to keep their doors open. Want to make sure we have, again, all of that information, make sure your books reconcile before you file your tax return, because it's a lot easier to do your taxes the first time correctly than having to go back in and amend them, which is often what happens. I will say, I really love the fact that the IRS has now allows us um, actually starting in 2019, um, now that the e-file is open, we can start electronically filing amend returns. Uh, for all those people, we've already filed two because two different people forgot they were on unemployment. Again, I'm not too sure how you forget it, but it does happen. And if you did, you want to make sure you amend that return. You don't want the government to be doing the amendments for you. You want to, if you, if you sold stock, don't forget that is a taxable situation. If you, um, and if you've got cryptocurrency, okay, guys, I know a lot of you are like, I don't want to tell the government it's not their business. I hear the words, but the problem is the government is going to find out. Bitcoin is now a huge thing. More and more people are talking about it. If you own cryptocurrency, there's a specific question on your tax return that we all have to answer yes or no. Do you or have you traded in cryptocurrency? The answer has to be yes. And if you have, you want to start reporting dividends and interest that you may have coming, mostly stock sales, be honest. Um, most people aren't getting interest or anything else from that, but they're getting uh, sales. You know, they're buying and selling um, or mining that uh, the cryptocurrency. So you want to make sure you have that situation and you don't want to just act like no one knows about it. I can't tell you how many tax issues that we we deal with on a yearly basis because people thought that when they took money out of their 401k and the money had taxes withheld that they didn't have to report on their tax return or they sold stocks and they didn't think because they didn't make money on it that they had to report it on their tax return. These are the kinds of things you have to report everything and you should be getting documentation. But before you do your tax return, sit back and just picture the fact, do you or do you not have any kind of new situation that may have happened last year again, was a crazy year. Did you sell stocks? Did you have to worry about, um, you know, uh, a 401k? And, and remember, again, with 401ks, right? Um, $100,000, you can split that in three and make three years worth of payments on it. It's something that, assuming that you were affected by COVID, which almost everybody was furloughed for a period of time or affected by COVID. So now that tax form just just recently, just the other day, actually became available for us to actually start preparing and finishing the tax returns, at least with my software. So we now can start properly putting in the draws that we have on that. So really, really important to make sure you don't leave off that information. So if you took out money or if you reinvested money, a lot of times people think, well, I sold something, but I rebrought, uh, I sold a home and I reinvested. So therefore I don't need to have any taxes. Again, not the situation. All I need to do is make sure that when you sell something, you report that unless it's your primary home. And guess what? You still need to report it. If there is a waiver, an exclusion that gives $250,000 to an individual, $500,000 to a married couple, we still report it and show that exclusion so we have that situation going on. 
Um, so we have the ability to make sure that we're doing what we need to do. But uh, either way, you just want to make sure that you don't leave anything on the table so that the IRS can come back and have that conversation with you. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. You know, just sit down, try to review your, your year so that way you know what's going on and then you can actually follow up with the IRS or the, the tax return. And if you haven't received a documentation, hold off on filing your taxes until you receive it. Making a guess or I know a lot of times people rush because they might get a refund, but I can't tell you how many times, again, people get the refund and then we have to amend the tax return. Then you have to pay Plus, you have to pay penalties and interest because you got money that wasn't money that you should have received in the first place. So all of those kind of things come up and, and become quite a problem when it comes to dealing with that situation. All right. So you know what? My boss is going to have one. Why don't we go ahead and see if we can get Jim, and then we will try to go to the break if that works for you. Line five, Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, Tanya. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. Uh, okay. I received a uh, direct deposit for $2,200, $2,300 from a county government, and I didn't earn it, so I, I don't want it. I want to give it back, but they will send me a 1099 maybe or W-2-IT or something. They didn't hold out any taxes. What's the proper way to give it back? Well, that's a great question. And in all honesty, most of these, they don't take back. I mean, I've had more than one person that says, I don't want the stimulus, but they already put it in my bank account. There's no way to send it back. The government doesn't say, well, if you don't need it, you know, send it back. Now, if it's a county government, Tennessee Department of Revenue or something like that, there may be a return. I've never had anyone ask me on those particular things, but you will receive a 1099. I'm not too sure if it's a G or um, one of those like that, that's going to show it as a grant. And it's taxable. So you're going to end up paying tax on it. So if somebody asks you to return it via a personal check to a separate person, that's a no-no. Correct. Because you're still left with the tax burden. That's it. Yes, sir. Unless you and can get them no to accept way. it back and amend it, back, you know, amend that, that situation. And in all honesty, if you received it last year, you would still have to pay tax on it, even if you pay it back this year. And then if it's a business situation, you may be able to take that loss. But otherwise, how do you write it off? You know, I mean, I'm just saying. Right. So it's not going to be an easy um, exchange. So, no, I don't think and, that's going to happen. And, and how does the person you would, you've been asked to write a check to show it as income? You'd have to 1099 them. Yeah which is uh, a whole nother thing. Okay, well, you've answered my question. The uh, best Sorry. thing to do is to get to the people that issued it and tell them, take to it re back, yeah. I guess. Exactly. Okay. And they, I mean, there, there's a possibility. They say, if you pay us, we'll, we'll delete the 1099. You know, it, there is right. that possibility, but I don't know how, I don't know how they'll do it. Sorry. Well, that's the key is to delete the 1099. That would be the key. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Looks like Jim's off the line. Um, let's see here. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a quick break, Luvidius, and then we can come back, and we'll go ahead and hit Ron and Bruce and uh, the other people that are on hold. You're with the Dr. Friday Show, and we're going to be right back. Your Money Coach with Dr. Friday will return in a moment on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm Dr. Friday, an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representations. It's that simple. Get the love letters from the IRS, you need to call me. All right, we have had wonderful Ron and Bruce both have waded through the thing. Looks like number one, Ron, we'll start with. Hey, Ron, thanks for holding. Hello. Yeah, I just had a quick stimulus question. I'm, okay. I'm on disability, and I received the first stimulus, but I didn't receive the second one, so I filed the tax credit for that. Well, my question is, is if they come out with the third one, will I have to wait and file 2021 taxes to get it, or will they go by the 2020? You know, that's, that's a wonderful question, and, you know, had I known that we were all going to be preparing for two or three stimulus checks to be coming through, um, I'm not sure, Ron. I mean, obviously, the first one was really based on, for a lot of my clients, 2018 situations. The second one, basically 19, because they gave it in January, February of this year. So now this one, they're reconciling both of those for 2020. And if they do it in March, it's going to be before a lot of my clients have even filed their taxes. So I'm going to assume that they would not be basing it on the 2020 year for that reason. It's still going to be based on either 2019. But since you're on disability, I'm kind of surprised you didn't get it. I mean, not that I'm not questioning you did or didn't, Ron. I meant that normally most of those um, individuals or a lot of them are set up through the Social Security side. So they get it from that, not from the filing of the tax returns. Um, but I, I did file taxes in 2018. You did. Okay. And it's possible that because you didn't file taxes in 19, I mean, this is just a guess, wild guess maybe. And um, so they didn't see that in the file because I do believe the second one was actually based for everybody that filed in 19. But I don't know if you always have to file. A lot of people on disability are not required to file taxes. You know what I'm saying? So I I didn't have to file for 2019. Yeah, so I would say filing 2020 is a smart move just so they know that you're in the system. Not to say they shouldn't know it, but you know what I mean. Um, It's a little confusing. Again, not to make excuses for the IRS, but it was never set up to be a delivery system for money. It was supposed to be a collection agency. Um, So I I think that a lot of the things that's going wrong or not quite going perfectly is because it really wasn't designed to do this particular type of situation. So I would say if you have the ability or anyone listening, because that was awesome, Ron, thanks for for calling, because I think a lot of people listening may have the same problem. Yeah. Uh, So thank you for being brave enough to call. All right, let's hit Bruce. Not physically. Hey, Bruce. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) uh, I've got basically the same problem as Ron, except I haven't received any of my stimulus checks. Okay, so you're uh, like a couple of my other clients, and I um, you, I mean, if you, even if you are not required to file, Ron or Bruce, sorry, <laughs> wrong yeah. caller, right? ID. <laughs> um, you need to file a tax return for 2020 because I'm going to assume that either possibility you haven't had to file taxes in the last year or two, or maybe you just haven't filed them. Um, but 2020 needs to be the year you reconcile it. You'll also get the $1,800 back. Um, on your tax return. I file every year. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, then. Yes, ma'am. I don't have a great excuse for you. Is it possible you make too much money? Well, I mean, uh, $75,000 is the ballpark. I sold the the house a couple of years ago. So it's possible that I did that in 2018. I guess that would have knocked me out 
that, that yeah, they may have taken you. But the good thing is they're reconciling it on 2020. So again, if you when when you file your 2020, assuming that you're making seventy five thousand dollars or less, assuming you're single, um, or one hundred and fifty if you're married, then you will get that credit. Even though in 2018 you may have sold the house, it won't have any effect. You'll still get one hundred percent of that credit then. On the Are they got a slot for that on the uh, form? Yes, the line thirty. Form? Yes, line thirty. Okay. Great. Okay. I haven't filed them, but I'll do that. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. All righty. And I do appreciate all the phone calls. Remember, you have to be brave enough to call. I always always talk about we've been at this uh, 10, 11 years now. And I, before I ever got on the radio, I had never actually called a radio show in my life. And even after I've been on the radio, I think I've only called... Uh, well, Dr. Electric show a couple times just to bug him, um, but also, you know, one or two other radio shows in my entire life. So I think anyone that calls a radio show has to be brave enough because what questions you're asking, I really do believe there's other people listening. I know when I always listen, um, you're always like, oh, yeah, I'd like to know the answer to that question. So um, so I do appreciate that because, again, it's not always easy to pick up the phone and, and to ask questions. So, But if you want to join the show, you can, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls. And, again, if you haven't received what we're calling a recovery rebate credit, that's that's, that's what you're going to see when you do your tax returns, the word recovery rebate credit. That is also known as stimulus checks. Um, so if you haven't received them or you've only got a portion of them, you will be able to get, because just like uh, Bruce when he called, let's say that maybe because he sold that house, maybe they only gave him, I don't know, $800 instead of $1,200, right? Well, in that case, he would still get the other $400, assuming that in 2020 his income was lower. So you know, will depend on, on what the situation is and just how to, how you're going to deal with it is really what it comes down to how it's going to be dealt with. All right. We're taking, uh, looks like a phone call is coming in right before I take my next break. Let's get Lisa line one. Let's hit Lisa. I'm faster than Lavidius. I, I see it on the screen. Now. I'm like, yes, another caller. Hello, Lisa. Hi. Um, I'm going back to the dependence question. Um, my dependent turned 21 at the end of uh, 2020. Uh, I have been claiming him as a dependent, but I heard earlier you recommending um, because of the credit, perhaps not to. I did not get the stimulus for him uh, because right. he's in college. Should I claim him uh, when I'm filing, filing my 2020 taxes or not? So it's going to come down to this. If he's in college, then the likeliness is you still qualify for college credits. Um, assuming, and I don't know you, assuming that your income or, and, or the child was in college at that point, you're going to have higher credits than what the stimulus is. So, you know, in all honesty, my answer would be, you know, you need to do your taxes and see, but if you qualify for college credits and the child is still legitimately a dependent to us, why wouldn't we claim it? Okay, well, I didn't know if I, yeah. I don't even know what the, the credit is for college. So, I because he didn't get uh, the stimulus, I didn't know if it would be better to do it right. that way. You're, you're scaring me, Lisa. Hopefully. He should be giving you a form called a 1098T every year. If Again, if any kid is in college, the college will present a form called a 1098T. You would use that to on your tax return, and you would qualify for college credits for each year that he's in or she is in college. Okay. 
great. And that's better than the stimulus of the money. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, perfect. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. All right, let's see what Deb has to say. Hello, Debbie. Yeah. What can I do for you? Hi. Well, it's pretty much the same thing. My daughter is going to be turning 24. This is her last year of college. She's turning 24 in March. I want to know if I can claim her this year, but also she wants to plan on just going for her master's while she's home. She doesn't work. She's never filed taxes. She doesn't make money. Um, We support her completely. Right. So she can't file on her own. I mean, in those kind of situations, she is, she is definitely your dependent. I don't know if you'll have a lot of college credits left at this point. I don't know when she started college, you know, I mean, obviously after the first four years, there's not much credit left. Um, but, um, that being said, you know, it is, uh, just as easy to, you know, but she, she's the dependent of yours, no matter what, that you don't have a choice she's in that still situation. A dependent, even though I don't get college credits, maybe after this year. That's correct. I mean, without a job, there's no, there's no tax return. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause my husband's on disability and we only have one car, so it's just hard for her to get out, you know, like do the job thing. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, I'm not saying, oh. you know, there isn't other ways, but in, you know, you guys, I mean, when it comes to my question, the question is, Plain and simple, she's not uh, an employee or she's not able at this moment, maybe she's just concentrating on school, that she's right. not, um, you know, making a check. So at this point, she's still a legitimate dependent of yours. Okay. Okay. Right. Great. Thanks, Thanks Debbie. Appreciate it. Take sure. care. Thanks. All right. Let's hit Keith, line five. Keith. Hello, Keith. Hey, hey Dr. Friday. How you doing? I'm awesome. What can I do for you? So I work a full-time job and then I work a part-time job that they take taxes out on. Then I work a third job. I get 1099 though. And I drive a lot of miles to this third job and it's, tr- it's in the trucking industry. And the guy, he 1099s me every year. And my question is, how do I, can I go to a, like an LLC? How do you start writing things off on taxes? And, you know, I spend a lot while I'm out on the road. You know what I mean? Would it do me any good to start an LLC or how do you, I mean, you don't need to go that complicated. As soon as you have a 1099, you are legitimately a sub, I mean, you're legitimately a Schedule C. I would suggest probably starting a legitimate business and then talking to somebody to tell you what is a legitimate tax deduction for that business and what is not. Uh, But if you have a 1099, you have the ability, depending on what kind of profession or business it is, to write off those expenses. So whatever it takes for you to earn, whatever is necessary for you to earn that job. So if you're in the trucking business and you're doing deliveries or using your own vehicle, that vehicle is a tax deduction to you. But there are things we need to track and how to track it. But there's you don't need to open an LLC or or make it complicated. You could keep it simple. Sounds like you're already kind of a busy man. Um, Yeah. you know, he just pay, like he just pays me for my time, like myself. Right. And I drive all his equipment, but he's ten ninety nine, and I'm just kind of like, okay, so you a- don't actually have any expenses. I mean, in all honesty, from what you just said there, Keith, you're paying you for my your personal. time, so. Your yes, personal ma'am. time, yes, just like if it was a W two, you don't have a vehicle in the race or anything else. You're driving his equipment. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So unless uh, unless you're spending the nights or doing anything like that, like an over the road driver, but if you're just a I local do. driver. You're over the oh, okay. No, over the road, yeah, they're I still do. per diems. Yes, ma'am. I do go over the road. Okay, then you him. might want to talk to whoever's doing your taxes or whatever. Talk about the per diem that's allowed to over the road drivers. Um, yes, the, for every night that you spend on the road, there is an advantage to writing off certain deductions because they know that there is cost to that for the drivers. 
Yes, ma'am. And can you write off mileage to part-time jobs, like secondary jobs? Nope. On your nope. Next? No miles for any W-2 jobs, period. All right, one last question. I'll leave you alone. Right. I bought a Thanks. house last right. year, and I got my, my form back. Mm-hmm. I paid in over $5,000 just in interest. And you really don't get to write that off on taxes, do you? Well, they're, like, are, they're automatically it. giving you 12000 so 5000 is lower than twelve. so I'll take the twelve. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate right. it. Thank you, Dr. Friday. No problem. Thanks. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If uh, Jeff and Steve can hold through the break, we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. Your money coach with Dr. Friday will return in a moment on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. All righty, we are back live in studio. You want to join the show? You've only got a few minutes left. 615 737 nine nine eight six and jeff has held through the entire break there so why don't we get jeff off the line there hey jeff hi dr friday i just had a question for you so i was actually a dependent for 2019 because i was in college about half the year and i started working um about halfway through 2019 and i've been working ever since so as far as the stimulus check goes my parents i think got this got the um college tax credit for me in 2019 where does that fit me when it comes to 2020 and filing and getting a uh, stimulus check? Okay, so that's a great question. And the answer comes down to if they didn't get the stimulus for you, my understanding is you can apply for it on your 2020 return. I don't know how that's going to come down the line. You know, I'm just saying, obviously you were independent, mm-hmm. but they're saying they're reconciling everything as of 2020, no matter what happened in 18 and 19 and the money that was given during those years, we're reconciling everything based on 2020. So in 2020, you did, you know, you weren't a dependent, you didn't receive the money, your parents didn't get the stimulus for you. Um, so again, the definition is you should be able to apply for it on your 2020 tax return. We may find out that they have changed some rules once they figure out all this happening um, on the system, but that is my understanding. Okay. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for holding. All right. Let's go ahead and say, yep, let's hit number five, Mike. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hi. Hey, how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I am awesome. What can I do for you? Right. I, I just got a question on as far as, is there, as far as home improvements, like things that you could add, making your home more efficient, Could you? is there anything that you could use for your taxes for that not a whole bunch i think there's still something out there for a heat pump or solar um but that's going down pretty quickly other than that the basically the way the irs looks at it anything you do for that is improving the value of your property and therefore you'll get you know you'll get the rewards when you sell it uh so it's not really a tax deduction for you Okay. Yeah, we we had to buy a new heating and air unit last year, and I didn't yep. know. I thought at one time there was, but I wasn't. There was. You're right. There was at one time, Mike. If you brought a, so many Sears, you know, efficiency that you got up to fifteen hundred dollars credit, but it's not on the books anymore. I got you. Okay. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for calling. All right. Let's go to number two. Is it Gildin? Gildin? Geraldine. Gildine. There you go. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> all right. What can I do for you? Uh, um, I was working on my tax returns, and we're filing, Mary filing joint, and yep. um, I'm using a software, and um, uh, I we have several uh, thousand dollars 
to put towards itemized deductions in a, in my account it comes up to thirty three thousand even even um with the uh, two over the two percent limit for those that apply mm-hmm. and um I was wondering it keeps me got me going back to the three hundred dollars instead of being able to use um over twenty four thousand and I was wondering if you could help me with that. Well, I'd have to look and see, but is any of it medical? No. Oh, no, okay. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's church it's mortgage, real estate, sales tax, uh, um, and mortgage interest. I have a uh, quite a bit of investment fee. That I think that's the, over the two percent. Oh, that's the problem. The that two percent, oh. that twenty one oh six, it doesn't apply anymore. You can fill it out, but it doesn't actually. If you go to the Schedule A, it doesn't roll over any longer. It came off the books in twenty. In the beginning of 2018, 2017 was the last we had that form. The investment, investment fees are no longer, yeah, they're no longer a deduction. Well, rats. Okay, yeah, that's that's what it is. Okay, oh, sorry. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's yeah, see Joe real quick. Hey, Joe. Doc, Dr. Brody, thank you. Listen, um, uh, uh, the Internal Revenue Service, I, I feel kind of like they stole my refund last year. They disputed, they sent me that weird letter that said I needed to verify my ID. So I went online to do that. Okay. And apparently, see, I, I don't have debt. Everything I buy, I pay cash for. My credit card, I pay it off every month. So it looks like they use the credit bureaus to do that. They they want they want your car loan, your, your mortgage. So oh, I, you're talking so, about to go online to verify? Yeah. Yeah, you have to have a credit card or a student loan or something. They need to be able to pull your credit report to make sure you are the Joe that's supposed to be calling. Yes. I don't I don't have a credit report. Then you need to call. You're going to have to call them directly, which you might as well set aside a whole day to accomplish, but you'll have to do it by phone. You don't have a choice. Okay. So there's not a way that you can really facilitate no, even myself, I can't. For those kind of things, they have to talk to the taxpayer because something's happened in your file. I even had it happen myself, but I do have a credit card, so it wasn't too dramatic. But um, but I had it happen to myself where I had to actually prove I was who I was. Something is triggered in our files. I don't know what it is, but it's triggered in our files that makes us do it. It's when somebody tries to steal your refund. That's what I'm figuring. Something like that. I've got a feeling I know what happened. Somebody tried to steal my refund. I'm sorry, bud. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. Good luck on getting that squared away. All right, guys. We're at the end of the show here. You probably hear the music happening. And so all you have to do is call me at the office Monday morning, 615-367-0819. Again, 3670819. If you've uh, just heard me for the first time, you can check me out on the web at drfriday.com. That is D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. Or if you didn't get through and you have a question, you can certainly email me friday at drfriday.com. Hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday. I know I will. Doing taxes. Copulator. later.